you know, maybe there there wasn't the the kind of like discourse that we have now around all of this stuff and the, the medium itself and the the industry. So, you know, expectations and hordes of fans and stuff just weren't around to, right? <laughs> you know, be responsible to. I kind of kind of wish they still weren't there. Wait, uh oh, uh oh. Well, that's not good. We lost a lot of this recording. What happened? No, we're good. <laughs> At one point, it stopped recording. <laughs> Very early yeah. on. Oh, well. Live radio, folks. But anyway. Apologies to ZVX. <laughs> Oops. I just looked over, I looked over in there and said, stop. It said, start recording. I was like, shouldn't say start recording. It should say stop recording. And then I checked my, uh, I checked my folder and it's about four minutes long. Oh, well. Gotcha. Gotcha. I got, got, let's, let's start from the top. Let's Welcome just redo it. The whole conversation. Radio. How you doing? ZenVex, how you doing? It has, it happens. Boned by the master as they say. Uh, I'll come here. Hello, Zenvex. How are you doing? So, for the... Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. Anyway, the people who were here got to hear all that, but um, that's the nature of podcasting. We'll talk to you again later in the group session. We'll, we'll hit your major talking points again, but sometimes things are lost to the void, never to return. That's how radio was. Who still has... How much... How many countless hours over radio was recorded that is now lost history and really do we need any of it do we need any art the answer is no that's why you can disregard people who are shitty even if they made good things because nothing is essential that's too sorry for the sidetrack of this thing we all make mistakes as they say that's why we have the word mistake because we need to, those things exist and we need a word to describe them because they are so frequent. We also call them accidents, mishaps, so many words. Mars, what's the worst mistake accident? What's the worst low stakes mistake you think you've ever made? Um, like low stakes. Yeah, like something like forgetting to record the first 30 minutes of a podcast. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I teach, so it probably had something to do with the class. Like, Okay. I, I probably was covering a topic and, and totally didn't cover like the most obvious thing that I should have been talking about. Oh, those kids are going to gonna look back later and think, I can't believe he didn't teach me this very obvious thing. They they say that anyway. <laughs> even, so, even if I even if I bring it up, it's still like forgotten. So, so it, it the solutions by the school totally system. Yeah. Listen, school is complicated and tricky, and also also daycare for yeah for some and for some case people who are practically adults, but. Real, real, real flummoxed by that, by that little, little gaff I made. Can't wait to go on my IMDb flubs page. But, (laughs) 
Andrew forgets to record episode halfway through, remembers. Oh, shit. Anyway. Um, so, locally sourced, the Midwest, shows. Let's talk briefly about some of that stuff. And I haven't, let's, you know what, let me put this idea into ether because it's something I kind of want to do. To go all the way back to Mike K., uh, he may have put this little little worm in my head, is that I want to beat Sufjan to his game, and I want to, at some point, make all 50 states, you know, an indie podcast for all 50 states, and do more than just, like, Illinois and Michigan. What do you think would mm-hmm. be the hard? What do you think would be the hardest state? The hardest state. The hardest oh. state to get ten developers for. Um, I don't know. I I really don't like. I I'm familiar with a couple of states, and and they're kind of like seen. Right. I wouldn't want to speak ill of a state. I I imagine. No, no, I wouldn't. Everywhere you were. I don't know. Yeah, I could just like, I don't know, West Virginia. Like I. I <laughs> I don't know why. Um, yeah, it's it's hard. I think this all comes back. To, I think people need to support their local scene. The the slogan of Indie Apocalypse, the the an additional pillar of Indie Apocalypse. We've got build. Let's all get back to building our own websites. Let's all get back into AMVs. Let's get offline. Let's and then pillar number four, support your local scene. Mm. I, I've learned too that like th- there are a lot of people doing really great things, but. You know, you just you don't know that they're there, yeah. and they don't know that you know some things like this are going on. So, it's nice when everybody kind of discovers one another because right. then they realize like, oh wow, okay, cool. Like, there's actually a, a group of people meeting, or there's you know, bundles, there's initiatives, there's events, there's there's stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you don't realize like, holy cow! Like, there's this artist who lives out in the middle of nowhere, who's been you know working remote for this company or that company yeah. um, they, they've been there the whole time you know and yeah all these people have always been there and i think for better or worse covid has been good at bringing people together in that way because now we are no longer bound by geography <laughs> yeah there, there's kind of like a, a whole new meta regarding like the way that we're all connected within the right. industry because it's easy to miss like you know the, the the you know i'm part i'm part of the south dakota game scene but it's hard to miss it but then when everyone's online and we're like we're looking hey join our south dakota game scene discord and someone's like i didn't know that scene even existed and i live in that state yeah it seems to be a thing like even with the game dev michigan server i mean we get people all the time who they just they're just unaware, you know, that there's right. only so many outlets, you know, if, if they're not following the right people on Twitter, yeah. they're not even on Twitter, you know, Yes, um, it's that's, just, they, they can't find that connection. That's the, the trickier thing. Let's, let's all get off. Tw- Listen, Mars, if we all got off Twitter, where would you want to go? What smaller platform state would you want to go to if we all got off Twitter? I don't know. I, I feel like any platform that I, I would invest time in would eventually get big anyway. Um, I mean, I, I was big in a live journal back in the day. I love that. That oh, was like, just... it's funny you mentioned live journal. Cause I was actually just thinking about live journal because watch as I use my Google skills real quick. Um, I was thinking a lot about live journal because I just recently read 
Um, seasonal shift by Lala Alpert. Albert, sorry. And at the beginning, she talked with, they talked with Michael DeForge about LiveJournal and how things were different back then and like how you can meet people through like LiveJournal and how they all met through that. But now the internet's big and it's better, but trickier, but different. And the internet's different now, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was like, uh, I don't know, for me, like the baby version of from MySpace to Facebook to Twitter to whatever else. Right. Let's get on Mastodon, everyone. Now, my secret is I'm just getting offline and I'm just hosting this radio show and it completes in Twitter's business only. Speaking of business only, we're going to go on break. Uh, Mars, thanks for being here. Glad to have you. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, thanks for me. having me. It's been fun. Thanks. I'm one of these days. I when this opens back up and I get to do my great indie apocalypse book tour, I will be in Michigan. Hopefully, I will be around the world, and you can see a physical copy. These physical copies are very nice. <laughs> I mean, very nice in that they are like slightly above printer copy paper, printed at a big eight and a half. But it's nice to see them all. Nice to hold them. Nice to touch them. Have them in a big eight and a half by eleven in your hands. Anyway, I'm going to break. I'm just going to stop rambling. Goodbye, everyone. See you in two minutes, 55 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Desarc. That's an album I already own, but I'm a big fan of it. I like its name. I, it's Everything Died. It's got a bunch of great albums. It's got a bunch of, like, I like albums that have good song titles and also good songs. And that's one of them. But anyway, explicit tag for everyone out here. I'm here with Ezra. Hey, Ezra. Hi. Hello. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing my customary look over to the clock to see, start my timing. Mm. Um, so, hey, I think I know the answer to the quiz. How did you hear about Indie Apocalypse? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, wait, so, you may know Ezra from issue two of Indie Apocalypse. So, got in very early with Type Jump. Yeah. Um, it was the Made in Massachusetts PAX pre party. And I was very nervous because I just basically started making games a couple of months ago and I was looking for people that I knew and I knew somebody named Chris Mayer and I went up to talk to him and you had either just finished talking to him or you were talking to him yeah. and he was like, hey, this is Andrew. He's cool. Hi. And I was like, oh, okay. Hi. And then you told me about Indie Apocalypse and Hi. I was like, oh, hey, yeah. I am very cool. Thank you for telling me. But... <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> Chris May, a friend of the show, support your local scene in Boston, Boston area, because I won't do it because I, I'm a man of the world. Mm. That's, I'm, it's a very strange <laughs> thing. I'm like, I have no, I mean, this is a longstanding understanding that I have no allegiances to whatever city I you know, happen to be nearby. I, yeah, I'm really happy that the Boston scene is so big because, I mean, I wasn't sure about it when I moved here. And uh, then one of my like teachers was like, "Hey, did you know that like Boston is one of the biggest indie scenes? Like, 
at all, like ever. And I was like, what? And he showed me all the links and I was like, oh, damn. And I started going to all the events. Yeah, there's a lot of links. There's a lot of events. There's a lot of online events. I did one recently where I gave a talk. And yeah, Boston is like, I did not realize is like a hub for IF. Like yeah. interactive fiction for the people not in the know what IF is. Right. Like I think Andrew Plotkin yep. is like the person who made this work. Or No, I don't but, No. But but listen, let's I'm gonna show my ass and say but he made like very foundational works. I think he has a might have a Wikipedia page. Okay. Or well, yeah, least, <laughs> I'm not so. a prominent page on the if.wiki.net.fandom.com. Yeah. Oh, you know, I think what I'm mixing up is his username on the Slack is Zorf or something oh, like that. Yeah. Zorf. Yeah. And I think that's why I was confused. <laughs> yes. Don't worry. I, I will not tell on you. I don't use Slack. Oh, yeah. It's only just recorded and going to be put up forever. Yeah, yeah. Why couldn't this be the part that you didn't record? <laughs> no, no, I'm looking at it. It says stop recording, which means we are definitely recording all of this right now. And I am <laughs> I am finding that, that Boston Game Dev Slack and I'm telling them all, did you know Ezra was just talking shit? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Constant shit talk over yeah, here. I, listen, I dream of the day where I can just be like, I look at Orson Welles, those Orson Welles, like, cat when he gets real catty and i think oh i wish i wish dude why wait <laughs> you could be catty now <laughs> I, I mean i know i'm still in the situation where i need to be friends to people and i can't like make fun of people mm. for like sounding like they're <laughs> sound like they're a couple of like marketing slaying given human body uh yeah i worry that i am turning into marketing slaying given human body uh, just gradually oh listen watch out for it let me tell you, <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a warning case that you should just like watch their Twitter account and be like, do not become them and you'll be fine. There is, yeah. yeah. There's, there's one game where I'm like, do people, they must be friends with people because I don't know why anyone else would ever pay attention to this game. It just seems super generic and boring and very mm. also ran, which listen, that's as, that's as close, that's as close as I will get with my real like, Fucking Godard never made a good movie. Mm. Truffaut was a piece of shit. I wish, or I could start a feud like those guys did. I think they hated each other at some point. Anyway. Yeah. We get to the, pre, we get to the pre-show and our our shared common knowledge. So, Ezra, what's your favorite Godard film? Oh, God. I really, I know some of the words in that sentence, but I cannot create a coherent answer to oh, that so you're question. A, you're saying you're more of a Truffaut man. <laughs> no. Hmm. I'm going to redirect the conversation and say that it is unfortunate that people have to spend time either making a game or marketing it because yeah. it sort of makes it so that games are more visible that are worse. <laughs> right. Or, or games to, that can only have the budget to spend on marketing. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, the hours budget in terms of having a bigger team of people. Mm. Yeah. Shit, if only there were like a collective that like did all your marketing kind of for you, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if something like that existed, I would definitely go on a podcast for it. <laughs> yeah, you, would, you should definitely submit something to it and then be like, shit, I got in early. Why can't you submit my newer stuff? Which is this guy's problem. <laughs> no, I, I totally get it. I mean, it's great that like there's so many people who want to be in it. And um, yeah, I guess I'm just, I was a little bit sad because, yeah, I just had basically started making games and I feel like I have so much cooler stuff that I can make now as opposed to the typing game that I made that I was really proud of at the time, but like, right. man, I've grown a lot since then. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that last month was like an explosion of submissions, something like almost 300 people joined, I think. And that's over, great. And over a hundred submissions, including one that I was very surprised about. As like, can fun. you talk about it? <laughs> what were you surprised about? It was, it, it was someone who I was aware of, and I ah. was, and I was at some point going to like, like, oh, I couldn't contact that person directly. They're too big for me. <laughs> and boom, naturally, yeah. they do it. They just show up naturally. Yeah, like, was it one twenty-five? That's the highest it's reached so far. So I guess like, you know. So as what I would tell you is, go out and make your own indie apocalypse. Go out and make your own bundle. Hmm. Yeah, I should, but I don't know. You, you told me how how much work is it? You, would you say it's easy or? <laughs> uh, okay, so for, for my way of, for my way of doing it, it's like super complicated because I'm. <laughs> yeah. Well, because are you also making a companion zine, and you're are you also because you're making it like as a single store page, you have to pay everyone individually through PayPal or whatever. Because I'm actually planning on uh, taking your search engine optimization by calling it. In the apocalypse, and it's going to be exactly the same in every way. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I, I come for the king, as they say. <laughs> yeah. The king mm. is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> yeah. It took me a long time to realize what that meant. I was like, I heard because I heard it as a very young age, and it took me so long to like understand what it meant. I thought it was someone being very pithy, not just that there was a new king. <laughs> There's a new king. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same situation. I until you just said it explicitly, I'm like I was 80 percent sure that's what it was, and 20 percent right. sure that it was a joke that I didn't get. <laughs> yes, no, it's just no, one king dead, and here's new king. How you doing, new king? Same yeah, it's old like, king, so, as they say. Some someone in like the 1800s is saying like king is dead, long live the king, and somebody's like, is that from something? Like, why are you saying that? Right. So much. <laughs> I yes, I I actually had that moment. Went with a friend just two days ago where I remember something that he had said had like like squirreled its way into my brain. I was I had to ask him, is that something from something or is that just something he said? <laughs> yeah, it's so strange, like not knowing the extent of like a meme. It's like, is that just my friend group thing? Is that a my family thing? Is that a, like, does okay. everyone know that? <laughs> oh, I've gotten way, I've gotten way more and I've gotten way back into personal memes just for our for mm. our own private discords. And let me tell you something, it is immensely satisfying. Well, the logical conclusion of that is to make your own Discord that you don't invite anyone to, and you just talk to yourself on it. And you can have as many, the most personal memes that you can imagine. Yeah, you know... <laughs> I have, like, a big pile of gifts that I use, that I have, that are pretty much just for only for, like, personal use. And, so, like, some of these memes, I think, like, huh, I wonder if those could do numbers on Twitter, but that is, like, exhausting, and I don't Yeah. Care. 
yeah, it, it is so exhausting to have your creative practice like hijacked by analytics all the time. Right. It's like I'll do something like I was making like sometimes I like to make really weird collages of like just like pasting ads together and stuff. Yeah. And I was doing it with my friend and I was like, oh, we should make a Twitter for this. And we did. And then it was like instantly way less fun. Like, I should not have done that. <laughs> yeah. And also, listen, I, so I just, I was just on Twitter a moment ago because I needed to do some, something. I wanted to make sure something, but, um, I saw, you remember the guy, he's at the, at the chalkboard and he's holding up a thing and then the person holds up a sign. That meme from like, some like what? Is it from Minions? No. Or from... Whatever no, means no. it's not difficult me. <laughs> no, it was, no, it was the guy. He had a, he was like at a chalkboard. He was looking for someone to answer, and he would hold up something, and it would be something stupid. But anyway, originally the thing was a joke, and I'm like, oh, when I saw the original, like the joke was a lot funnier than like all the meme derivatives. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I feel about like ninety ninety percent of like meme derivatives is like, you made a less funny version of a thing that already exists. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the point of memes is necessarily to be funny, but just to, like, be something that everyone understands and you go, oh, yeah, I'm part of the culture, you know? Yes. Ah, commission's closed. Damn it. Um, Most of my Twitter use is just purely, like, um, to find artists for covers. That's, like, strictly strictly what I use Twitter for, more or less. Yeah, I I think the most productive thing that has come out of Twitter for me is, like, finding people to collaborate with. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a, a broad message board to be brought to smaller places. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like when people, I would never talk to personally to someone on Twitter. It always feels weird. It's like, I feel like I'm just like shouting across people in the middle of a, like a checkout line. And it's like strange when you like get into a conversation in, comments or in, in replies or whatever yeah and then it's like wait are we having a conversation or is this public i'm not sure exactly so my thing that i've been thinking about a lot recently and my approach to this is is this conversation we're having the equivalent of something that would be on a talk show or like a panel show mm-hmm. and if yes then i'll have it i'll have it publicly otherwise i will just like let's go into dms because i don't need you don't feel like you don't need to post publicly like logistics and that kind of thing yeah yeah you just clog in the airwaves or like like person like personal like hey how you doing hi or just like i'm glad to be part of this thing glad you're in this thing as like i prefer just like things that are more personal but are like panel style conversations people would be having is like yeah let's have yeah in public use this as a forum for not i feel like people are, are on or on that parasocial kick again recently, something something it, something dragged it back into discourse as something is wont to do every few months. Just like people thinking about parasocial relationships being bad. Yeah, yeah. Somebody probably somebody probably. I'm imagining some some creator posted cringe online, you know, as as they want to do. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and we're all back here again. <laughs> and going. Yeah, I mean, it's such a strange thing because I feel like. Like the, the original term and stuff was for like people getting into parasocial relationships with like fictional characters, but nowadays like fictional characters are real like people. real people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the thing is, parasocial relationships have always existed. 
Shout out to the very first parish social relationship, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. He had a lot of followers. Yeah. Yeah. He was, I mean, when you really think about it, the true. Damn. It's just in time for Easter tomorrow. Yeah, just in time for Easter tomorrow. See, now that's the kind of shit I would be like, yeah, I could do numbers with parasols of Jesus Christ, but I have no patience to do that. <laughs> I'd rather just well, I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'll do numbers something, and then it's like a total flop. I'm like, you are all idiots. <laughs> this is the funniest thing I've ever said. Yeah, th- I mean, that's... I know... I th- Most of the time, it's because I know I'll flop. Because <laughs> it's like a very specific niche joke that's like, this is extremely clever to me. Like when I took like the dungeon world rule set and i replaced it with like lines from once in a lifetime and i'm like this is very funny <laughs> mm. which is why i don't post yeah, your- it's tricky when you when you cross two things because you would, might expect that fans of either thing would enjoy it but it turns out it's just the overlap <laughs> yeah yeah so my my complicated joke about net Eurose and where i and lcd sound systems losing my edge is Strictly for the drafts, because I th- thought it was funny, but also, who is that joke for? It's for me. And like, yeah. Well, hey, you can post it to your private Discord. <laughs> I will. I will. They'll probably think it. They might get it. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like, so last night, last week, and I think honestly, every last Saturday of the month now is going to be AMV night because I am a fan of Ezra. What is your opinion on AMVs? Mm, yes. <laughs> Which is to say anime music videos. Oh, yeah, I'm not a fan. <laughs> not? So, so disrespectful <laughs> to, to the medium. I mean, yeah, maybe I just haven't found the cool ones, but the ones I've seen are not great. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, part of the beauty of them is they're kind of not great. <laughs> they're just kind of like, I found that in like looking for them, there's someone who did like really good ones. I think it was like Truth Heart or I forget their name off the top of my head now, but they like if you're looking for if you're looking for like your Sufjan Stevens AMV set to like an old eighties French film then yes. Okay. Or like Yeah, I guess the closest I've come to that is like sometimes there are like really good animatics on YouTube or something. Yes. Like for for a fandom I enjoy, like Hollow Knight or something like that. Okay, yes. As I, I, yeah, I can, I can see the appeal. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of them are really yeah. bad. A lot of them are just like, I, I feel like the, the rip. They've still not shaken the reputation of just like, 180p, Dragon Ball Z with Lincoln Park over it. Yeah, I was. I also enjoy the sort of, uh, trashy, like, uh, dramatic theme song from anime over other things okay like uh uh uh, you're gonna judge me for this but (laughs) it's it's okay i've committed at this point uh like um you say run is a song from an anime called my hero academia oh i know i know all about my hero academia don't worry about that i i am i know what the cool kids are into i have feelings about my hero academia oh yeah i'm sure you do (laughs) I enjoy it, and I also enjoy the you say run goes to anything because yeah, yeah, it's, it's like transplanting emotions from one like medium into another or something yes. like that. Yeah, no, that's the beauty of it. There was 
I, I haven't done a deep dive on the internet, but there's at one point, supposedly on amv.org, or animemusicvideos.org, my mistake, is okay. there's a dead link to an Azumanga Daioh Mission of Burma AMV. Are you familiar with either of those works? I'm not. <laughs> so Azumanga Daioh, it's an old four-panel thing. Mission of Burma is like an 80s post-punk band. Okay. Local. I, th- I believe they're like a local, like New Englandish band. They rule. But also, it's like such a weird juxtaposition, and somehow, apparently, I did not make that, so I can't imagine who else would have made that in like 2008. <laughs> yeah. But... My hearing. Someone who has similar taste to you, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. That's and that's that's what I know. I'll see that one. You post your jokes, and you get the one like. And you're like, thank you, me. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, telling a joke to a huge audience and then to like one person in class. Yes, that Sounds goes out to you. I actually was getting ready. I don't. I have to figure out how to like pipe audio into Discord because I want mm-hmm. to name that tune as a game. Oh yeah, yeah, I'd be like, terrible at that. I'm glad you don't have it working yet. <laughs> But I want to do with like the stuff I play during breaks because that's stuff that's like very intentionally, I guess, obscure, but like kind of obscure. I have yeah. complicated feelings with the word obscure. But this is for like, <laughs> this is for the stuff that is not obscure at all. This is like where I could, an excuse to play three seconds of Brother Sport or whatever. Sure. Oh, I will say that the first time I looked at your Twitter profile, I did not get your pinned tweet. Yeah. And then recently, I looked at it again, and I was like, ah, oh, I do get it now, because I watched Dora Hidoro. Dora Hidoro fucking rules. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, so okay, good. so the anime is good, because I, I am really skeptical. Like, th- I look at 3D, and I just, I'm like, I go, oh, this looks gross. Yeah, the first five of, like, it's hard to get used to, but, like, the story really shines through in the characters and everything. Okay, yeah, that... Maybe I should have just read the manga, is what I should have done. The manga absolutely rules, also, like... It's it's top shelf, like the best, in, one of the best, really. Like, so yeah, let's, I believe that. Let's let's just let's talk about let's talk about manga. You you're dragging me into this. Oh yeah, um, my my main memory of manga is like, I would go to my local library in Baltimore. Yeah, and I would max out my mom's like library card <laughs> on just like as much manga as I could possibly get, but. I would, I would like come home with like a stack of like thirty books, and just plop down on the couch and read them. But yeah. like oftentimes they would have missing ones because like someone it was checked out or somebody stole it or I don't know what happened. But um, right. so sometimes you have to like skip one, and I'd just be so confused because like crazy shit can happen in a manga in one right. book, you know. Um, I tried to read One Piece and I got like very confused. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, that's that's also like there's a lot happening in in the One Piece. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot for of, sure. It's it's dense. It's very interesting as a work, really. Like because so that's someone who's very good at either planning ahead, unlike which I think is unlikely, and more so, I think there's someone who is very good at flying by the seat of their pants, right, and like <laughs> mining their own lore. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But so, but at the, these days, are you more like I'll just watch the anime? Yeah, unfortunately, I am not not helped by the fact that uh, I 
don't really like want to go outside to a library currently. <laughs> but yeah, uh, or I guess I could buy them at this point. I have a job; I can buy things. But right, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but also, if anyone who's out there, libraries are good because you can buy li- libraries. You're just like they're like Amazon. You can just go there and order books, and they <laughs> will deliver them to the library near you. Yeah, that's true. I guess I would never describe libraries as being like Amazon, except in that one regard. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, I gotta, I gotta, gotta hook people in with the thing that they like of like being able to order things and get them. Yeah, and the librarians are super nice, like they're required to be. It's great. Even if you, or if you don't want to talk to librarians, the library I went to, they put your books in the reserve section. You bring them to the self checkout, and you don't talk to anybody. Oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so when you're buying your manga, or as they call them, books for perverts, nobody <laughs> judges you. Mm. <laughs> Who calls them that exactly? Well, I presume. I presume. <laughs> yeah, that's just what everyone's saying in their heads, in your head. Yeah, they're like, when you're thinking like, about it. You're like these guys are perverts <laughs> in their, their, their horny books. <laughs> Disgusting. Disgusting. Filth. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dora Doro, not very horny, except for some of the characters. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Yes, yeah, yeah. I listen. My my relationship with horniness in media is complicated in that I don't mind it, <laughs> really. It like it's yeah, it's, all, it's all very complicated. It's very like situational, mm. and it's not like a blanket. Nudity isn't like a blanket thing about that's bad or that's not bad yeah yeah definitely i mean i think yeah like engaging with those topics in like a good way is great and yeah. there's just so many ways that can be problematic but right. other than that yeah sometimes designers are just horny and that's fine sometimes, <laughs> yeah. sometimes authors are horny so let them be horny yeah also like yeah, it always blows me away just how many of like the top games on Steam are like horny in, in one way or another. You know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Listen, listen. I'm not gonna people people like what they like. I'm not gonna judge anyone. Yeah. But there's like, it's kind of like what that guy said about porn once. I can't describe to oh, yeah? you what feels like exploitation, but I know it when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> We've gotten so off topic. I don't I know what topic this doesn't is, have a topic. Um, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you you distracted me. Like my one my my long term dream of like, well, I need to start a comic podcast so I can. I read a lot of comic books. I have a massive. That's like my medium. I don't know if it's something about my brain that I prefer those over regular books or something, mm. but I like the pictures. I think there's. You know, Ezra, they do in yeah. fact they do in fact say a thousand words. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, my the funniest story for me about comics is that I like am not super into most comics, like besides the massive amounts of manga I read as a kid. Right. But um, there was a like local game store that I, I loved going to because I would play Magic there. Yeah. And um, I got like a part time job there as a kid. Um. Like it was like a apprenticeship and um, thinking for some reason that it would be get to do magic stuff, but right. it was actually just comic books the whole time. Cause that's like their main revenue, you know? Yeah. And I didn't know anything about them. 
and I was like stalking the comic books, and people would like ask me about what was going on with them, and I would be so confused because there's just like so many different properties with so many different like that. Batman fights somebody, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was like fun to hear people like totally geek out about it. But yeah, I didn't get it at all. <laughs> yes, that is. Yeah, I have to bring it back to my feelings on the hero boys as they call them there's like my my general feeling of shonen manga is that it's just like fun character designs and sometimes they do things (laughs) i like that you can definitely tell when like when like an artist makes a war decision to justify being able to draw people funny yeah like definitely in dora hidora it's like oh yeah everyone wears masks so i get to like draw this person with a heart for a face all the time or whatever Kyuhayashita rules and her art style I love it and also everyone out there if you're not reading Dorhodora read Dorhodora and then also read Die Dark yeah. this is the is official a... stance of the podcast yeah my official stance of yeah it's like best game in the biz read Delicious in Dungeon that is my number one hot recommendation of ongoing comics or like hmm. not a or just honestly, if you don't want to read it, just read like the the supplements that she puts out. They're just like exceptional like studies in character. It's like should be taught in classes, like how much of a grasp he has on like character design and like character voice through just design. I yeah, about it a lot. It's truly something special. Yeah, I, I really love like things that are very character driven. Yeah. Um, and I think that like games have a not unique way of doing that, but like, I feel like that's the type of story that's most fitting for games because you get to spend a lot of time with them. And also like part of the characterization of things can be their mechanics versus like plot lines where it's like, okay, well, I mean, there's complicated relationships with like, how much are you going to tell the player versus let them do it and stuff? Like right, that. but you can do like things like I mean, fighting games are the perfect example of like character, yeah, character st- storytelling through design and through like movement and player interaction. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, how does this character move? How does this character navigate the space? How does yeah? It's. Well, I think I think game. I, I'm gonna bold stance. I think. 90% of game scripts could be 50% shorter and they all the games would be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I agree with that. I think there's too much dialogue in games. Like, you know, now that... So, uh, listening to... The, I haven't listened to the other uh, folks on this show previously. I think there was... The Office came up at some point or maybe that was yeah. a previous episode. No, that remember. was this one. <laughs> that, okay. was, that was an hour. Right <laughs> Everything's blurring together. Yeah. Um, like, now I'm just thinking, like, what would The Office video game be like <laughs> right how would and i mean i love actually i love doing adaptive works and mm. I wait, because i think it's an interesting yeah, like your seinfeld rpg yes like my seinfeld rpg go everyone go to my itch page buy my seinfeld rpg i think it's like there's no pictures in it because it's very short <laughs> but i think it's well written and i think it like is a good adaptation and it's kind of funny i like to think i'm funny sometimes but uh, where as we're approaching, look, look for in the future for my Garth Marenghi game I'm gonna make mm. for the ZX Spectrum, 
for not really for the ZX, but mostly just using its resolution and button and color palette restrictions. Ooh. Yeah, I'm actually um, working on a like like a haunted computer text adventure thingy okay. right now. And uh, we've been trying to figure out what the visual style of it should be. So I'm looking up a lot of like old computer interfaces uh, and like trying to figure out which things to pull and which things to fudge. Yeah. Because people remember them that way. Right. I love the look. I ha- have like a little experience with those old computers, especially like ones that are more like far more European. Mm. And I love you know it's an Amiga game when the UI takes up about 40% of the screen. <laughs> yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um, as or as yeah, it reminds me too of like... Oh, yes. good. Well, no, um, so continue on with your like thought. Those um, images people post of like pixel art versus pixel art on the screen that it was intended for. Yeah. Or like with the effect of the LEDs that like looks way smoother. Right. Um. So we just have like too high resolution to like perceive it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> the way it's supposed to be perceived, but like trying to make a game that can take in art assets that are like pixel art and then output something that's like visually consistent because right. it has like a big effect on it. I, I think that's neat. I also honestly I do when I see those comparisons, I'm like, I also I like both of these. I think they both look good. I love the Yeah, I mean it's become a whole other thing, but yeah. I love those yeah. clean, chunky sprites. <laughs> yeah, there's something very appealing about them. Ezra, given a given a, a, all the resources you would need, what existing piece of fiction would you adapt into a video game? Oh man, that's so tough. I mean, we were just talking about the office, so now I can't get that out of my head. Okay, I think that would be like I don't, I don't, I'm so curious what that would be. Mostly, <laughs> you know, like what would it mean? It would be definitely comedy maybe like just little vignettes of stories or something oh, so it's like it's like Oberdin but funny <laughs> yeah i guess so sure yeah <laughs> and it's all told through printer paper or something yeah well, th- well thank you for being here we're gonna go on break we'll be back in two minutes 30 seconds plus dead air goodbye everyone Hello and welcome back to the Apocalypse Radio. Everybody's here. Hello, everybody. Wait, is everybody here? Yeah, yeah, hey. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. Well, what's up? Okay, good. Everyone is here. Perfect. Oh, Ezra, I forgot to ask you a question. But uh, you know what? That's because the third person didn't leave me a question, which is want to happen sometimes. That's okay. So, Ezra, to um, to Frankenstein together, I, I have to ask you, two previous uh, from previous guests, what anime theme song would you do? You wish could you wipe your from your memory so you could experience it again for the first time? Oh man, I have a soft spot in my heart for the Naruto opening, but I also haven't watched all that much Naruto, so I don't know. That's my answer. Final answer. Ding ding ding. Nice. I had an AMD <laughs> that was Gouge Away, I believe, for Naruto. Nice. Gouge Away by Pixies. Listen, so AMVs were actually a very... Back in the Kaza days, 
in the LimeWire days, they were actually a very reliable way to get the music you wanted at a, like a decent quality, which is to download AMVs from animemusicvideos.org. And you would get the song you wanted, you know exactly what it was. And it was like an interesting way to like to browse and find new music as a teen. Huh. Because you'd be like, I like Slayers. Let me download Slayers AMVs. What is Bob Dylan's Rainy Day Women? I guess I'll download <laughs> that. Yeah, it was like this Spotify of its time for sure. Yeah, so it was like a weird... I, I feel like I actually discovered music just by like... I like Naruto. I didn't actually like Slayers. I still now have a vague understanding of what Slayers... I think... Is Slayers an isekai? Are there any... Oh, crap. Is, is, Speaking are, of isekai... Uh, oh, are sorry. There any, are there any Slayers experts in the <laughs> on the call that can, that can tell me? No. Not I. <laughs> I'll have to get a I'll have to get a Slayer's expert at some point. Now you, you were saying, oh right. Uh, speaking of Isekai, uh, I actually have to go, but it's been fun. Okay, well you go to your other world, watch out for trucks or something. I will. All right, it's been fun. Thank you for having oh, thank me. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Let me get us drop us duty mode and be like, where are you? Guest one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oops, nope. That's my name. Goodbye. It's kind of funny that like that service was almost like, hey, if you like this anime, you might like this music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because there was that person. Yeah. There was someone out there who was like, I do like Azumagadao and Mission of Burma. Academy Fight Song, even. Listen. Mission of Burma is good. Y'all should listen to Mission of Burma. Um, but I think they're too cool to be on my break music, technically. What's the qualification? What? What's the qualification? Um, less than 50,000 plays on Spotify monthly. All right. I wasn't expecting that concrete answer. <laughs> that, that, is, that is my literal answer. So, <laughs> so something like this arc, for instance, is sitting at a comfortable 1357. 49999 and then you put it over the limit by listening to it. Yeah. Now Mission of Burm is at 123,000. Too too cool for Indie Apocalypse Radio. Everyone I have also weird feelings. I have like when you get so far up your own ass you don't know what's obscure anymore, you know? <laughs> it's obscure to somebody. <laughs> right. But I'm like, well no, everyone knows who Mission of Burma is, like obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Like, well, it's also interesting that you use the word cool because to some people, cool is like, you know, less place. It's like, right. oh, if it's really obscure, it's really cool. But you're saying like, oh, too many people listen to it, that's too cool. It's, well, I mean, they're both very cool. It's two spectrums mm. of cool. Diametrically opposed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two cools live inside of you, as they say. Depends on which one you feed, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm a, and I'm a, listen, I'll be honest, I'm always feeding the one that has like, Animal Collective on it. I'm always feeding because <laughs> I like yeah. it. I recently, actually, I just did recently listen to like their whole back catalog, and they're like, I forgot how like ambient they were in the very beginning, and not just like the real sea change with strawberry. Listen, are we? Am I getting in the weeds? Does no one know what I'm talking about? 
I can't talk for Mars, but <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, everyone, everyone, go homework for Indie Apocalypse Radio. It's like just <laughs> go listen to Animal Collective all the way through. You gotta start putting music on your zines, <sighs> or like music to listen to while you play the scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I did use at one point a newsletter for a different podcast that I also do that I don't talk about because Nary the Twain shall meet. Mm. You know, it's real. It's my. It's you know two Georges, if you will. This is independent. Independence George. Mm. It's different from other George is, but I use that newsletter. <laughs> How will you grow your brand, Andrew? No, I hate brands, dude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Someone actually asked me, they were like, new contributor Cassidy of Bad Game Hall of Fame was like, do you have a logo that I can put on my site now that I'm doing like a monthly feature to be like, hey, go visit this thing? And it is, no, I do not have a logo. Oh, I forgot to, fuck, I forgot to have him plug his stuff in before he left. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, no. But no, I very intentionally don't have a logo because I don't like brands and I don't want people to see Indie Apocalypse before and have that overshadow the people within it. Mm. It's kind of like, I don't want it to be like, you know, Andrew presents Indie Apocalypse by Andrew and that. Well, yeah, but I don't feel like it needs to be that way. Like, even if it's not like Andrew presents, but Indie Apocalypse as an idea yeah. potentially could like travel farther with a streamlined like thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. But I, that's me. I'm a weird guy who doesn't. Like yeah, no, I, I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm just saying like, it's not. I feel like at least having like a logo is not necessarily selling out. Right. Well, I don't want to even say it's selling out, but I, who who designs it? Where I put it? Does it have to go on the covers? Like, where do I put it? And then mm-hmm. I also really don't have anywhere where I put a logo. Well, what if you just? pay an artist to make a new logo every time. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. You're seeing them <laughs> in the slideshow. The yeah. Yeah. And they all, yeah, I do. I love how everyone puts their own visual design on it. puts their own touch on it. Oh yeah. I love the covers. Like, yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm like zoning out just looking at all of these. These are yeah. pretty wonderful. I like, I basically, I, they literally, I get the, I have a, like a Twitter list and whenever I see artists, I like I just add them to the Twitter list and then I sh- like I go through it, and then I'm What's like the, like brief that you give them if they don't know about it before. I I I say Indy I say uh what listen if you receive an email from me I have them in templates and I just paste them in there because I'm very busy <laughs> and I'm not handwriting an email every single time. <laughs> Makes uh, sense. I, I think it's I just like describe that's like it's a bundle of indie games and there's a zine that goes with it. Here's the link to the secret. If you sign up to indiesapocalypse.com slash newsletter, you not only do you get an email once a month that comes that tells you Indie Apocalypse came out and only that email basically, but you also get access to all of the zines, like free versions that don't have like comics or my tabletop adaptations of 69 love songs by the magnetic fields or Cassidy's bad game hall of fame features or any of the other stuff that's in there. But you do get like the page with like 10 games and stuff and that's it. But I basically give them that and say, and they, and if they say, what do I do? What do you want? I go, I don't care. 
As long as there's any pop-ups on it, you do whatever you want. Yeah. I I still have a, a soft spot in my heart for the first one, because that was the one that you showed me at yeah. that event. I was like, ooh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, there. I, I, I can't pick favorites, I don't think. I could probably pick favorites. <laughs> I, I will always say that I can't pick favorites, but at, at any point I could pick a favorite anything. I'd probably, I could probably pick a favorite issue, but I'm not going to. That seems... No one's asking you to. <laughs> no. You love all of them equally until you yes. don't. <laughs> yes. I love all of them equally. I don't care much for number five. That's, that's <laughs> oh. that meme. I actually, no, number five was just one, the one that was on the screen at the moment. There's, there's none that I don't not care for, you know? I yeah. Just, I, none of them I look and go, woof. Rough month. <laughs> Mostly because if I didn't get enough entries, I will knock on doors until I get enough entries that are good. I'm not going to put hot bullshit in Indie Apocalypse. Yeah, but you are now getting plenty of entries. Oh, I got too many entries. I got entries for days. I got secret issues coming out. I got all sorts of stuff. I'm... So, so to put, I'm putting ideas out into the ether as I need to do so they become real. The one thing I definitely want to become real, so I'm going to probably try to mention every single episode now, is I want to make a PS2, I want to make an RPG Maker 2 Exquisite Corpse. Where you send it around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You get a PS2, you get a copy of RPG Maker 2, they're both relatively cheap, and you make it for a month, you put the memory card in a thing and you mail it to the next person. And then it just keeps on going. Keeps on going. I don't, do I have a page where you can sign up to do that? No, I don't. <laughs> Go to indiepodcast.com really slash discord, I guess. And I want to get that rolling at some point. I really want to do that, but it's very much inspired by that group in Japan who buys up old Super Famicom and Famicom versions of RPG Maker and just plays whatever's on them. Which I love that idea so much. Yeah, it's like, like I can only imagine. Screen. Right. It even like there's something special about like buying carts that have data on them and like save files and names. Even still in my brain. This is so I my copy of Link to the Past to bring it all back to the beginning of the recorded segment that is is that I got a copy of Link to the Past and one of the save files name was Bong. <laughs> and but I was like a child and I did not know what a bog was. But still in my brain if I think about that name it's still like I never make the connection. Like my brain can't be like, no, that's that's just a guy's save file name. We didn't name it after a bong. Oh, that's so funny. I, when I was listening to that, when you were talking about that, I thought that the person's just actual name in the video game was Bong, and that you were saying you just didn't get like the reference or whatever. No, no, that was the, their name for Link was Bong. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Which is like a good name for Link. What if Link's name was Bong? But. <laughs> Um, idea number two, which I had was I want to, um, I think this, and I think the zip file has disappeared, but there was at one point there's a zip file that had like every, I actually, it might honestly be on my computer or I can't remember if I lost hard drive failure or not, but 
The zip file that had every use map setting game from the original StarCraft. And I want to make like a special issue that is people recreating those game ideas of like Ooh. in a jam. Cause like that's where Dota came from. Yeah. That's where tower defenses came from. I think I'm fairly certain. Like, I feel like there are like a lot of weird ideas that came from that original Starcraft. And I would love to see people like, how do we make madnesses? How do we make this weird Starcraft version of the Sims or something? What does grocery store wars look like as a video game? But, yeah, I actually I have a complicated relationship with that because I love that idea, but also I hate that control scheme of like having to click to move your characters right. around. Right, because that's then in that case you could do. But I'm saying is uh, in this version you do whatever you want. Mm. You're just adapting the core ideas. That is tempting. <laughs> I would even furnish people copies of StarCraft because. I like the idea so much. And also I pay people money anyway. So what's 10 bucks for a copy of Starcraft brood war, you know, it's probably 10 bucks, right? Even the enhanced edition. But anyway, I'm kind of just like pelling around at this point. Does anyone have any burning statements to say before I shut this all down? Um, I had purchased a copy of Chrono Trigger. Yes. From, I don't know, I, I was in a GameStop trying to buy it and they didn't have it. Just as somebody was trying to sell their copy to GameStop, um, dude looked out and ended up getting a lot more money than GameStop was going to provide. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I got like the original box and everything too. Oh, wow. wow. I still have the poster that came in the box and everything. But, Shit, um, so that is, uh, you, you tell your story, I'm going to take a trip to price charting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I remember opening it up and like, I, I can't remember specifically the names of the characters, you know, like what he, he put in there. But it was so, it felt so dirty. Yeah. You know, like I, I bought this from this guy. Like we couldn't even do it in the store. Like we had to walk out of the store. It felt like this like black market deal that was going on. And then I, I took it home and I was so excited to be able to play Chrono Trigger again uh, because I don't know, I was like renting it before right. I sold my copy or something. And, uh, you know, I'm like looking through at all of their settings and stuff for like the, the battle speed and tech speed and everything else that came up. And like the, the uh, UI skin that they had was like the ugliest one. And it was just, oh, like I had this like visceral reaction just to like being a part of this other or like taking over this other person's experience in, yeah. in that save data. I've been sitting here thinking about like like what that could mean for all these RPG maker games that you could find. Mm, you know? Yeah. Like what what gems are hidden, but at the same time, like what you know, as is like a creative outlet, like how did you know, some kid like use that game as it means to like, I don't know, name characters poop or, right, yeah. you know, come up with something else that's, <laughs> that was like, you know, even in like serious territory, you know, where there's like issues of, I don't know, abuse or like, who knows? I, that would be amazing to, right. uh, to right. discover and document in some way. Are there like undiscovered copies of, you know, are there, were there kids out there making like 
How many, how, you know, how many you made Nickies are out there basically <laughs> just like sitting around yeah. these old Famicom carts. Um, Mars, are you familiar with the creepypasta Ben Drowned? Um, it, it's familiar, but it, yeah, we were talking earlier. My memory is, is really bad. So oh, well, yeah, what's a, a big part of the creepiness of that, in my opinion, is like the fact that it is like a cartridge that you got from this like yard sale for free, you know, that whole like horror trope, but then it's like the soul yeah. of the person is on it who has like died, obviously. Um, but well, yeah, yeah I mean, creepy. Right, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't know, there, there's something so, like, it feels like such a violation of personal space to, like, be on someone else's safe file. What if, there's a game there, honestly. Yeah. Like, a I mean, that's kind of the game that I'm making right now. <laughs> yeah. I... The, my idea that people will forget about by the time I'm making it is I want to make a creepypasta game that is a very normal-looking game like a platformer or like, you know, something that looks like a very Super Nintendo era game that's like very unassuming, but like it just spill, it just, you know, runs a random seed at the beginning and like one in a, a million or whatever at times it turns out to be a creepypasta version Ooh. where your cartridge is cursed and all this weird shit happens. So then you'd have like one person who's like, Guys, this game is super weird and like crazy. And people are like, what are you talking about? It's just like a platformer. I'm like, no, no. That's like, so, so cool. <laughs> it keeps crashing the desktop and leaving me weird messages and like all the graphics are broken. And they're like, nah, dude, it's just like a platformer. I don't know what you're talking about. It's always yeah. like a, a weird spin on, on all of those little things that. You know, you're, you're opening up the game, you're loading up a save file, you're saving, you're having multiple saves and, and just that like weird, everybody's doing it. You're, it, it's super important how you do it and the process of going through it. It's so repetitive. It, it just becomes like second nature. And then, you know, when games throw you for a loop, like you, up, oh, you clear the game and now you're booting it back up, but it's some weird horror game. So now all yeah. of a sudden you you jump in and like the experience is different or you know your save file gets deleted and, and stuff like that it's, it's such a i don't know it, like it's like an easy i i think thing conceptually to right. think about you know well the impact is going to be huge but you know that the nuance of, of like tailoring exactly how that right. you know <laughs> comes about you know like like your what is the one it's like the the schoolgirls and the the weird like AI. Is I, it the, the literature club? Uh, yeah, I say. I assume. Yeah, I always think about that when when this stuff comes up. Yeah, I've never yeah. played it because I don't know. I don't play a lot of stuff. Seems fine. <laughs> if you official stance of the podcast is, seems fine. If you have never. I, it's hard to tell with video games when things get a little, when things get weird. Like if you, like if you already like surreal stuff, like is this people just having very like, this is my first touch with surreality or something, or mm -hmm. is this like actually super cool and it's always impossible for me to know. Usually, I assume that people have like, they're like have very little grasp or like 
their like world gets blown easily or something. Not which is not like a bad. People fall for the gimmick, and it's not like actually good. Well, it's probably good, but like not as good. You know what I mean? It's Mm -hmm. yeah. It won't hit you in the same way. Right, right. Because you're familiar with it, but also people need their first steps. So it's like it's not that it's bad. It's just as you get more used to, eventually, it's how eventually noise music begins to start making sense to you because you're like, oh, I understand the noise now. And make <laughs> I feel the rhythm in the noise <laughs> because I've listened to so much ambient post-rock or whatever. They're like, ah, put this on. It's, four na- it's <laughs> 40 minutes long. It's one song. And really start to understand it. Let's all let's all go home and listen to Godspeed You Black Emperor. Too cool for Indie Apocalypse Radio. But um anyway. I think that's 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 it. I think we're done with the show. I think I'm done with the show. I wanna go home. And that's the show. That's the show. <laughs> um, my other idea was that aforementioned beating Sufiana his own game and making a game for every fifty making an indie apocalypse for all fifty states. Which I def- which I desperately want to do, because I think it'd be very cool. That would be cool. If we're getting pretty close. I think I'm at like twelve or thirteen states as it is. Of people who submitted. Yes. Maybe even more. I could count it. But I don't want to count it. Or do I want to count it? I'll just count it right now. Whatever. This is no one's going anywhere. <laughs> No one's. They're not my. A dramatic boss. counting. One. No one's my, two. They're, they're not my boss. Uh, also, <laughs> like, it's not count. Not counting a lot. Not counting Hawaii. We have from Alaska to Florida. You know, all over the place. One, two. Yeah. Do you have any outside the U.S.? Sixteen. I was right. Um. Yeah. A ton outside the U.S. We hit every continent. All right, well, count those states as well. Yeah, every continent but <laughs> U.S. states. Every continent but Antarctica. Most of the Canadian provinces, I think. Like six of them or something. Yeah, like I think it's at like thirty countries or something. That's Any cool. Po- it's international. <laughs> that copy of Chrono Trigger. Major has- international publication, Indie Apocalypse. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. Chrono Trigger sells for like $541.33 for complete in box on average. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'd open it up. It'd be worth it. Yeah. No, that's just complete in box. That's not new. New is like 1200 Interesting. Graded is 14000 But um, that's enough. So let's... Yeah, let's, I just... Uh... Yeah, I just emulate the thing. So do I. I emulate all my games because it's easier than like dragging out. And I have like composite cables or all the cables. I like you know I got composite cables, so I have to because what kind of TV? I guess my TV probably still has have like that RF adapter input. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's so much easier to just like you know boot up RetroArch, RetroArc. And then I can be like, I'm done playing Chrono Trigger. I'm going to go play Vagrant Story. And it's just a little bit, a couple steps over my cross media bar. But close the show. I'm running out of steam. I'm go get food. 
what was I what was I looking for? What was I looking for? I remember now. I was looking to get Zenvex's itch page, which I assume is just Zenvex. It is okay. I was right. So um, plugs Zenvex who is already gone. Welcome back to the show. Boop boop. Hello. Um, you know he's not actually back, but if you can go to zenvex.itch.io or and that's X E N V. E X. Ezra, what have you got to plug? Oh man, yeah, I guess my itch page, which is I think just my full name. My last name has S in it. E Z R A S Z A N T O N. Got some games on there. Okay. <laughs> Mars, what have you got to plug? Uh nothing. Uh, y'all can check out my uh my itch page, it's Nuja Kajata, N-U-J-A-K-U-J-A-T-A, that itch.io. You could just Google my name, too. It's probably one of the first things that will pop up. Mars Ashton. You got good SEO. Yep. Uh, and I will say, hey, you should buy Indiepocalypse. The issue 15 just came out. It's got good stuff on it. Um, go to indiepocalypse.com slash Patreon, buy just subscribe. If you're at $5, you can get this show the Monday after it comes out. Otherwise, you got to wait like a month if you missed it. Except in this case, if you weren't here live, you don't get to see the first portion at all because I accidentally did not. I must have hit like, I think I have like zero on my numpad or something. Set the turn recording off and on, and I think I must have hit it. Whatever, that's it. No apocalypse. I got, a pun- I got a bunch of redirects, but if you go to IndiePocalypse.com and go on the store pages, all that shit's there. Just buy the thing, you, 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 you people. It's 15 bucks. Instead of getting those gotcha spins, why don't you do a... IndiePocalypse is like a gotcha where you get 10 games. It's like a gotcha spin where you only pull five-star JPEGs of all your favorite anime. And then you get to play them all, and they never go away. It's just a zip file. No DRM here. PSN gets shut down. I'm like, I'm just shooting up zip files on the internet, dudes. Can't shut down zip files. Even if you close down WinZip, dude, I still got 7-zip. I got WinRAR. I got them all. <laughs> I will compress and decompress files until the end of time. <laughs> and distribute them. I have a PDF. And distribute them? Okay. Uh, the zine portion is just a PDF. Those shit launched in browsers. I will put them on disks and and deliver them by hand. I think they're too big for disks. They might not be. I could probably burn them on DVDs, honestly. If... Whatever. I'm leaving. Goodbye, everyone. Ah, oh, shit. I'm, I'm not in studio mode anymore. Goodbye, everyone. Everyone's here. Uh, you have... I'll stop talking so people say goodbye if they like, but... Bye. Bye.